guys, this is Tanya Little, the self-proclaimed Red Dirt Queen of Hearts and owner of LittleOakyLand.com. And this is Leah Ray, Queen of the Silver Dollar. And we are Backstage, Backstage Queens. Queens. having conversations about everything you want to know because we all know that the best stories happen backstage so find us follow us and stay tuned because don't think we're not going to be wearing crowns and drinking wine out of goblets because we definitely are you can find us on instagram backstage underscore queens twitter bstage queens or snap backstage queens all over so come join us stay tuned too long to be proud Is it something that she's running from Or is she standing to fight Will she ever remember what it was That she did last night Is she living in a nightmare Or is she chasing a dream Is it such a privilege to be a backstage queen Hey guys, this is Tanya Little, the Red Dirt Queen of Hearts. And this is Leah Ray, Queen of the Silver Dollar. And we are Backstage, Backstage Queens. Queens. In this episode, we sit down with a couple of our favorite guys, Chad Sullins and Grady Cross at Grady 66 Pub. And that's in Yukon, Oklahoma. Absolutely. Now, uh, Chad actually has written our intro music. Of course, he didn't write it for us, but we sure do like it, the Backstage Queens. And we thank him all the time for allowing us to use it. He is one of my very favorite. He is the whole reason I found the Red Dirt scene, so I always credit him with uh, my Red Dirt family and the whole reason I even have the title of Red Dirt Queen of Hearts. So um, he is near and dear to my heart. Grady, Grady of course, yes. been, was in Grady. cross-Canadian ragweed for 16 years, um, and now he just runs Grady's 66 Pub, which is amazing. Um, and they both tell us a little bit about what they've been up to. and The stories, they have some good stories. Yeah. You want to hear about the, you know, Tom Skinner, um, they have a couple stories about him, mm-hmm. um, Mike McClure, I think, did he get popped up in oh, there? yeah, I think his name got yeah, popped up somewhere. Yeah, and um, some, Grady had some good stories when he was on tour, tour. Yeah. yeah with some good conversation yeah. so here it is check it out we are sitting here in grady 66 pub in the green room with mr chad sullins and grady cross how are you guys today i feel like y'all are being way too quiet right like very <laughs> delicate vo- voices yeah this is gonna <laughs> go like bad to south. this is gonna go south <laughs> isn't it? we're doing good how are y'all a-okay okay. it's beautiful outside yeah. And you had to drive up from Ada. Yes, Crap. two hours. That sucks. Straight from work. <clears throat> Straight from work. I was telling Tanya, I was like, if I could just get paid doing stuff I love and not work, it'd be great. It is. Ada. It is nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just do it and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I don't mind doing that. Right. But as he can tell you and I can tell you and everybody else can tell you, even the greatest job in the world is still a job sometimes. Yeah. J-O-B. Mm-hmm. J-O-B. But you both get to do kind of what you love and get paid for it make a living. Mm-hmm. It's always nice. Better than drywall. But, I mean, I've never done it, but I can't imagine it's fun. <laughs> it isn't. So, Grady, oh, yes. what brought you to um, make Grady's Pub 66? What brought me to Grady's 66? Well, actually, this was the first bar that I ever played at, and uh, it was 
it was a bar that uh, you know Ragweed got to start in. What was it? Called? It was like the fifty yard line. Fifty yard line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the first night we met. I was playing in here at the fifty yard line acoustic, nice. and you and some homies came mm -hmm. moseying in. And then yeah. we shut down them, the, home, the guy that owned the place locked up the doors and me and you and that other guy sat in there and played guitar till like four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. he don't remember that. Yeah, he's like, but I remember he's that. Like, I'm just going to agree with you. It's the first time I met Grady and I was like. It was a great time. It was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's on Route 66, which I love. And um, so I wanted to, when I got off the road, I wanted to surround myself with music still, but not you know you know I, I have a family and, you know he just built this place traveling. so he can pay all his friends to come and hang out with him that's right so yeah okay so okay. a funny thing with Chad is I saw him play first he opened for Gretchen Wilson at Tumbleweeds nine years ago oh, last wow. month God was that nine years nine ago nine years ago holy and shit I didn't know all I knew I was like man I really dig this band I didn't know they were a local band until I got home looked them up and I was like oh he's from Stillwater and he's playing classics in a week mm -hmm. and I went wow. to that show and made friends and that was my whole step we've into been homies the, ever since yeah, into the red dirt scene it's all because of this guy he's, he's the reason I so even you know can, anything you can blame yeah. me for it one of these that's days right. that's right <laughs> Yep. Well, the first time I saw Chad um, play was at the Arbuckle Ballroom mm -hmm. in Davis. So, yeah. Those are fun times. <laughs> Not, fun I, that's actually sure where I met Tanya, <laughs> was yep. backstage. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I was hooked ever since. So. I will always remember the Arbuckle Ballroom. Yes. Yeah. How can you With not? With the fondness. <laughs> I have seen some knockdowns in that one. I bet. Yeah. It can get some right. good ones. And I think... <laughs> I honestly think the DJ was hmm. the one starting it. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> I would not doubt that. I don't doubt that I mean, either. It was, it when was the DJ on. plays Tear the Club Up at 150, you know he's trying to get shit started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a bad deal. I'm sad it's gone. I know. Somebody needs to do something with it. I know. All right. I think um, Rachel said somebody was going to buy it and turn it into some type of a casino. Something like that. I don't know. All the good venues. That, that was years ago. Yeah, a lot of people played it. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's that's, sure. that's literally sad. broken my heart over the last two years with Willie's changing hands and not doing live music anymore. Yeah. Uh, the Wormy Dog closed. Yeah. Barbuckle Ballroom closed. Mm -hmm. JC Cowboys closed. That one hurt. I, I love Greg to death, man. You know. His <laughs> Greg kept that place going since, what, 1981? And then his kid gets it for a year and runs it in the ground. Mm. It's like, damn it, man. You know, um, that mm. was the last time I saw you play was at the Wormy Dog mm. and having your last show there. And that mm. was the last time I was in that place. And then it was like a week later. It's like, close. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. bummed. Yeah, good yeah. places. I think that's why um, I came to Tanya a couple months ago. And I was, I was like, I want to start this Backstage Queens podcast thing because I feel like a lot of venues are not being heard. And a lot of people don't even know about them, along with the singer-songwriters and musicians that come along, that play in those venues. They kind of get lost, and they don't get the recognition that they need. Yeah, and I think social media is kind of, I mean, it's just so overflowed with crap. Like, I mean, you can try and get the word out there as, as much as you can with social media, but 
I mean, it's really, it comes down to word of mouth. So if people oh, yeah. don't start caring more, then they're all going to start closing. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So go to a show, buy a CD, buy right. a t-shirt, <clears throat> tip your right. bartender, <laughs> keep these venues in business. Support local music. Absolutely. I and mean, yeah, that's, that's where it starts. Yep. That's what we want to, we want to just throw it out there in another medium, a podcast medium, because podcasts are the thing these days. Everybody's oh. listening to them. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll hear somebody they've never heard before and come check out a show. McClure did one. I know. He only like did, his. like, so many episodes, yeah, but I thought like they were you. fucking hilarious. They were yeah. awesome. Yeah. We're going to go down to the Boo Hatch and record one with them. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be there for that one. Which I would love that drive because it's only 15 yeah, minutes away from me. my house. It'll there be me go. driving the two hours. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I don't know. It may be a long drive back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If Crash you come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that might turn into a three-day staycation at the McClure house. Music. Dylan Stewart sleeping on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Stewart slept on my couch plenty of nights. Right. <laughs> That's funny because whenever I was over there, um, Caleb was helping me doing some edits and Dylan texted him and he was just like, hey man. <laughs> you got a couch? <laughs> I'm in town because he was playing at Sessions in Ada. So he's like, I'm just down the road. Can I crash? <laughs> Which is funny because yeah. the last podcast we recorded, we were re- going to record with him who was running the Red Dirt uh, Festival and he didn't even get on to our podcast. Yeah. He, was so <laughs> he was so busy running here and there and we had just a crowd of musicians He was talking. trying to like locate Wink. Yeah. Virgin. Wink Virgin was playing. Wink played an hour later than he was supposed yeah. to but he showed up. Whoops. So... It happens. It's musician time. Oh, yeah. That's what I was like. I told Donnie. I was like, um, so I might be a little late. She's like, it's musician time. It's, it's musician time. She's like, I'm not going to be there right at six. I'm like, it's musician time. It's fine. It's okay. So, We're here. That's right. <laughs> so, Chad, what have you been up to with your music? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, I'm working on a new record and trying to put a new band together, and that's been a little tougher than expected, to be honest with you. But other than that, just trying to travel around and play songs and keep doing what I love doing I guess you've been north a lot haven't you well this last I always try to do like a northern run in the spring and the fall mm-hmm. and because uh, I've been to Iowa in January and Detroit in January and I don't want to do that anymore no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you <laughs> Chicago in January is not a very fun place to be playing I can imagine but uh, yeah I usually do a big Texas run of like a week or two uh, two or three times a year, and then I go up north two or three times a year, and then I'll go to Colorado a couple times a year. Very nice. And you played JJ's last night. How was mm-hmm. that? It was good. Yeah, it was I fun. I like going early because I like to hang out. The yeah. They do the open mic night comedy an hour before my show <laughs> yeah. starts, So, and I love it. Some of those guys are hilarious. Yeah. Some of them are just, you just laugh at because okay. they got up there. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying. That's they're tough. trying, man. I know. Shit, tough. I couldn't do it. Clap because they were good, or you clap because they're done. Clap. What brought you into the music scene? Like, what got you started? I've been playing guitar and trying to make music since I was about 16, 17 years old, but I started off in like punk bands and metal bands. And I did that up through college, and then I got married and had a kid, so I quit playing music and went to work in the oil field and put my wife through college, and then when she left, while I was working in the oil field, I had a buddy of mine introduce me to Cross Canadian Ragweed, and I was like, what the fuck is this, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, dude, think of it like this. 
Red Dirt music's like the punk rock of country music. And then that, I, that had me hooked. I was like, all right, I'm in this shit, you know? So I just started getting in, like, started listening to Ragweed, and then that turned me on to Bowling, and started listening to Stoney, and then I started asking people and, you know, found out about Bob and the Red Dirt Rangers and Monica Taylor and, you know, uh, Medicine Show and just all those guys and Brandon Jenkins and stuff like that, and I just fell in love with the whole idea of it. And uh, so when my wife left, I packed my shit up from Yukon and quit a $70,000 a year job to move to Stillwater and make $500 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Great life decisions. <laughs> and I got to Stillwater and I made five goals for myself and within like a year and a half I hit all five of those goals nice. so then I made five more and just kept on trucking. That's awesome. And here you are. Mm-hmm. Making right it. back at square one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's all right. We're glad to have you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your heydays in the cross Canadian. Well, rowing. yeah, I want I do want to say real quick though that I, I've uh, I see I'm seeing a smile on Chad's face for sure because you know he's been working his tail off in the studio and I can tell and I, I know he's excited about it so uh, yeah I wish we could have had it done by today know, but. My heyday in the in the band, yeah, uh, ten albums, sixteen years. Good thing this is and, going on the uh, internet. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of fun for a while. Yeah. Um, I want to hear one of the cruise stories. One of the crew, or you have to ask him. Shy, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell it. Wouldn't, wouldn't remember, but. Uh, <laughs> No, you know, it, it's good, and, and uh, you know, we had a lot of fun, uh, went to a lot of cool places, and met a lot of really great people, and, and I guess that's what, you know, probably what I miss the most is the people that we, we met, you know, and uh, the different cultures and things like that, and, um, you know, now... I am uh, I'm really focusing on, on more promoting shows these days, mm-hmm. being, you know, at home and That's and nice uh, because I you know, it's it is tough. It is tough and uh and I give it up to these guys, you know, that, that do it. It's You've been there and done that, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and uh <clears throat> a lot of them are my friends and I wish them the best for sure. Absolutely. Not like they're dying, but some yeah. of them have, you know. <laughs> yeah. right. Some of them have. It's yeah. tough. It's so. a rough road. I was talking to somebody about that the other night. It's like have, he asked me. He said, uh, "I think we were talking about Tom," and he said, "He says how many numbers do you have on your phone you can't call anymore?" Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking about it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. There's more than I thought. Mm-hmm. You know. But you keep them on there. Right. I keep mm-hmm. them on there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's segue into Skinner. What's your favorite Skinner story? <laughs> when he's I don't remember where we were at or what we, I don't remember what show it was we were hanging out in the hotel room afterwards and Tom had mentioned uh, he, he just got off on this kick about how uh, he, he's like you uh, <clears throat> he said you know how when people die their kids go through all their stuff <laughs> that was a great voice <laughs> he, he, said, he said I feel bad for my kids all they're gonna find is broken sunglasses and Tudor straw <laughs> Went to his kid's house and went through all his notebooks and stuff. And no we, shit. We're looking through his handwritten lyrics and all his stuff he had compiled, just boxes of it, and we come across like dirty magazines. Mm. <laughs> 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 I was like, this is perfect for 
perfect. Oh, Hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You got a good Tom Skinner story? Man, I, you know, I, I was trying to think of one. I, you know, I was thinking the other day of just the first Wasn't time. Wasn't that Tom that snuck you guys into the Wormy Dog for the first time when y'all were too young to get in? <laughs> yeah, Tom. And Tom was there. And Bob. And, uh, yeah, and um, who was it? Uh, see, was it, I think, uh, yeah, Tom and Bob and then Chuck Thompson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a little bit doing that. And uh, yeah, yeah, we got in kind of early. <laughs> but I, w I was thinking, you know, that that really, the first time I met Tom, I think, you know, it had to be at Byron Burlines, and it was the Red Dirt Sampler release, and blew me away. I mean, just up there by himself, and mm -hmm. the things that he could do by himself, and, you know, even the last time I saw him, just playing, you know, playing bass with Mike, it's still right. the same way. So smooth. But I just remember, you know, his his. Uh, he did make it look effortless. Yeah. Like when you see him on stage, it's like he's not doing anything, but it just comes out of and him. And you you start watching and listening to his harmony, and mm -hmm. it's he's doing so much, but did so much. Absolutely, and he just. He liked to take people under his wing and push them out, which I think is just one of the backbones of the red dirt scene. It's not competitive. It's not knock somebody down so I can be yeah. on stage. I remember the first time I got to play with him, I was so nervous. I sped the song up like 10 times too fast. <laughs> and he's look. I could tell he's looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah. Me and Tom always talk about baseball, though. Carter. Oh, yeah. We always talk baseball. He loved his baseball. And we were supposed to go to a game at one point. And yeah. You know, one of them things, so. Life's short. You got to yeah. do it while I can. Yeah. But, you know, we were so busy. You know, oh, yeah. Everybody was so busy. Mm -hmm. So. It takes everything in perspective whenever you finally lose that person unexpectedly. And then you just like, oh, wow, I need to slow down. Like, you know, mm -hmm. so much going on around you. And then you just get caught up in your life mm -hmm. that you just really just kind of just. Realize, I need oh, to do this I and need I need to, to do that yeah. while well, I got the time. Like, is, is really watching, you know, TV that important or <clears throat> going to spend time with, you know, people and not so focused on your phone and that's God, that's bad terrible. Thing. I know, it's terrible. My phone's been in the van all day and Good I love for it. for you. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I got rid stuck. of Facebook. I, I leave my phone laying around for days at a time. You're the rare. I can't. Few. I can't yeah. do it. People are if, it, if I didn't do what I do Dude. for a living, I'd get a flip phone just to text my mother. <laughs> Frank and there has one. If you <laughs> <laughs> there are people that do still have flip uh, phones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I get good. another booking agent and another manager, I'm just getting a flip phone and calling mm -hmm. it a day. Get your beat. It's good for stuff beat like <laughs> for like us when we're doing our podcasting stuff, but it's horrible oh, yeah, for I'm, just I'm... get the old landline turned on. <laughs> yeah. The wall phone. <laughs> the wall phone, yeah. yeah. As our kids call, call it. it. The wall phone. <laughs> they can't even imagine being tethered to a cord. There's that, uh, is it Soul Asylum waiting by the phone for somebody's call? I'm like, kids don't even know what it means to wait by the phone. They take it with them. Uh, <laughs> like, they don't yeah. have to sit and wait by the yeah. phone for well, a call. Well, I saw a payphone <laughs> the other day. Me and Tyler were driving yeah. somewhere. I can't remember where. And he goes, what's that? And I'm like, are you fucking serious it's right now? It's a payphone. <laughs> like, it has, it's a phone. You ever see a phone before? <laughs> like, it's just hooked up to Here's a wall a outside. someone who yeah. cares. Yeah. <laughs> 
I remember when phones didn't have buttons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My grandparents had a rotary phone until, like, 1990, I think. That's crazy. But back then in that small town, and I think it was all over Oklahoma, but I knew in Hobart, uh, when I was a kid, you didn't even have to dial the prefix. You just dialed the last four numbers. Like, I could dial... Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Two six five seven, and it would go to my grandma's house. Very cool. Did y'all have the party line out here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, heard that. I mean, we had it out in California. I'm from California. Oh, so, you are? Yeah, and so we had it, but it was different than out here, from what I heard. And I was just like, "Yeah, party line, where you call up, and then you call this person." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> like everybody's a party line where if you're calling your neighbor. The other 27 neighbors can yeah, listen in to what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody's on the same That's line. That's what I hear. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm glad I wasn't yeah. living back here around that time. I'd get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> everybody listening in. Yeah, my grandma used everybody to talk uses. about that all the time, too. Or when the operator used to have the switches. Mm-hmm. California, where? Um, Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco, kind of east yeah. of that a little bit. Yeah. Where it gets cold. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it, it does, but inland, like east... That's kind of where I was. It, it gets so hot, and like, we usually mm. migrate to Frisco Bay. Mm-hmm, right. to get cold I've been very yeah. cold there before. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you always remember the places where you were really so cold. Like Kansas, miserable. Chicago, <laughs> Sioux City, Iowa. I bet. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. Them people are tough. <laughs> I know, dude. I get <laughs> yeah, they are way tougher than I am. Yeah. No thanks. Then I'd want to be. They want me to play in like Minnesota and Wisconsin, and I was like, and, you know, in July, oh. call me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No thanks. Well, the thing about the the, the bars up north like that though is uh, they only hire bands ninety percent of the time during the winter time, mm-hmm. because they only have two and a half months of summer. So that two and a half months of summer, yeah. everybody's at the lake mm-hmm. fishing. Mm-hmm. Going to do this, going to do that, having outdoor parties at their houses and stuff. Yeah. So the bars revenue dropped during the summertime, big time. So they don't Dropping want to hire anybody wood. to come play. Wood, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting up wood up. for the winter. Yeah. Stocking up. <laughs> nice. Cutting up logs for the winter. That's it. <laughs> so tell us about this new album. Do you have all the songs written for it? I do, but now it's like I'm thinking about like putting on the brakes for a second and maybe. Changing direction a little. I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm proud of all the songs that are on it, but I think it could use something else, and I just hadn't figured it out yet. Does it have a name yet? No. No. <laughs> but it's getting there, right? I might just be self-titled, because okay. I've never done a self-titled one before. How many albums do you have now? Well, I took Uphill Battle off of iTunes, because I was hoping to revisit some of those songs and record them better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, if you count Uphill Battle, it's Uphill Battle... Incommunicado, Wicked Spell, Wake Up Call, and then I put out that compilation CD Songs called to Songs to Drink Alone, too. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I know. I like it. Yeah. I like all the slowed down acoustic yes. versions of my favorite sad songs. Well, <laughs> they don't call me sad chillins for nothing. That's true. I, I almost forgot about that moniker, sad chillins. <laughs> Well, I don't how? remember who called me that for the first time, but I know it wasn't Dylan Stewart. <laughs> yeah, Dylan he, he Stewart will on. tell everybody yeah. that he it started that, but he didn't. Or Stoney or something. <clears throat> I don't know, man. Yeah. I actually think it was Bo. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I think it was Bo Phillips told me, called uh, me Sad Jones. That's funny. Well, how does um, this one, I know you said you're going in a di- different direction, but how is it kind of different than everything else that you've done? 
Well, with all the other records, it was with all the same musicians. So, I mean, it had that same vibe and feel and style to it because those guys had their own vibe and style. But this one, you know, it's a different group of guys, a different way of playing. I'm, it's just, I don't know. It's like I've got some really great, uh, you know, what do you call them? Brain fart. Um, very talented guys that want to play more rock mm-hmm. stuff. And I've got a bunch of slow songs on this new album. Uh-huh. So yeah. I want to either write some more or change some stuff up in production and kind of pick the album up a little bit because I don't want to have a another... Just drink alone to again. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time make the and place for that. Twice. <laughs> There's a time and place. It's good yeah. to mix it up a little. So I don't know. I've been, I've been flopping around the idea of, uh, of maybe going into the studio with the band mm-hmm. <clears throat> and writing songs like we used to when we were in a rock band, you know, we'd all get in a room and try to come up with something together, but that's cool. I don't know. We'll see. It's just going to come down to time and money. Oh yeah. It's always time and money. Which Do studio? You, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Which studio have you been working at? Studio E. He rocks new studio. Very nice. Yep. Yeah. He's got a lot of great stuff out there and it's out in the middle of the nowhere. I mean, that's a good thing. That's awesome. It's really pretty out there. It's in the, Hills up by Pawnee, <clears throat> nice. and it's there's an outdoor kitchen out there, and like four that. wheelers to ride around on, and eighty acres to go. Trying to clear your head. Oh, and it's awesome, yeah. To go out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. it's still a mess right now. He's still getting everything tidied up and where he wants it, but I mean, he's we're recording stuff, yeah. And then I've been helping this kid, Austin. <clears throat> he uh, he's having me produce a three song demo for him. We've been doing that. Spending some time doing that the last month or so. That's cool. He's green, but he's got some good songs. That's cool to help another up-and-comer. Right. Help him out. Hey, man, somebody help me, you know. I know. <laughs> when hey, I went moved to Stillwater, I couldn't get a gig on the strip to save my life, so I just started going to Bo Phillips shows every Thursday at Roosters. And uh, when he'd take a break, I'd ask him, I was like, hey, can I get up there and play a few songs while you're on break? And he'd let me. Nice. And then I met Kale and Kyle Nix. Kale and Kyle were playing Willie's every Monday or Tuesday night at the time. And then we started hanging out. And then uh, uh, Kyle went back to work in a day job or something at the time and left Kale. And then Kale asked me to do it. So then I got my weekly gig on the strip, which was one of my goals when I got there. So Very nice. Pretty excited about that. I like how everybody just helps everybody out. Kitty girl. Yeah. Cooter Girl, they they were the ones for us. Helped you guys out? Yeah, we traded them Stillwater and they traded us Amarillo. Hell yeah. Nice. You know, Amarillo Lubbock. Right. You guys were one Homers. of the first ones. And there's a lot of that still through. going on today. Like, I got a buddy of mine in, uh, a songwriter buddy of mine in Iowa that books my shows for me in Iowa and then I'll get him shows down here. And yeah. Same with my buddy Matt Mathis from Texas. He's coming up this summer. He gets me gigs down south of Houston all the time. Yeah, yeah. trade connections. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. I like how all that works because when I moved back here, I knew nothing about Red Dirt and then went to the Art Buckle Ballroom. So I was like, what, kind of, what is this? <laughs> I like this. I like how it, you know. And so then that's all how all that rolled into that. But mm-hmm. then I noticed backstage is where everyone, hey, man, you know, I've got this down here. They're looking for someone, you know, to open up for so-and-so. And just the connections. the connections, and nobody had 
any ill feelings. Nobody had big heads. It was just all like love. Well, don't get it wrong. Yeah, there's it few is, and far there, between. Oh, there. <laughs> well, from what I've seen, it, it, it yeah. does it does get a little clickish. Yeah, it does. In it certain does. in certain circles, you know. But I like to stay out for of the that, most but, part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's few and far. I'm between. glad you saw that. That side, yeah. Yeah, the that, that's the, or whatever. Everybody mm-hmm. does band around, regardless of clicks and everything else. They're just like, oh, it's one of us, and it could happen to us at any right. time. True story. Yeah. Let's let's help. And that's the cool thing. And that's why I love the Red Dirt Relief Fund and Gypsy Cafe mm-hmm. coming up. Like, Gypsy Cafe is like a family reunion. Right. And all these guys that are and gals that are always on the road that never get to see each other, yeah. it's like, boosh, you're all in one place. You get to see each other. You get to hear each other play. Because that rarely happens unless you're playing with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody hangs out at the farm the night before and the night after. I know. You need to come and hang out, it's man. like holy ground. Stoney will be here this year. Yeah. You should come out. And now we're going to go to the um, musician's luncheon that they do from 1 to 3 mm-hmm. before the event and, and gather people. Yeah, the hideaway comes out and gives free pizza to all the musicians yeah, for lunch. Yeah, you guys should come out to that. Just, it's cool. It's, it's fun. going to be my first year. Get some free hideaway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you get to hang out with us. That's right. <laughs> the win-win. Not the shuttle. Win-win. Not the shuttle. Score. Pizza shuttle. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brad Piccolo of the Red Dirt Rangers, and you're listening to the Backstage Queens podcast. Keep on spreading the dirt. Sirens will in a flashing light. Nothing better to do on a Tuesday night. But give me hell. Where are you headed? What are you out for? Don't see much of you around here anymore I guess it's just as well Once upon a time you had it all You let everybody down You're always 17 in your hometown Running from your folks, running from the You know, you could play, you know, seven nights a week in Texas and be four hours, five hours away from the night before. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it was good, you know, to get into Austin and Dallas and have them, you know, appreciate our music. And and, uh, just from there, it went crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Do you ever miss it? Well, like I said, I miss, you know, some of the folks I used to see and stuff, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I miss playing sometimes. Do you get that here, though? I mean, do you... Do you play here around? Or, yeah. I've been playing a lot at home. Yeah, 
I just tried a couple years ago get up and play at Route 66 uh, with yeah. Stoney. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think that might been have been. a while. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say this like four or five years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. So. so you don't do that ever so often, just get up somewhere and play? Or yeah, I try not to stage rape them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they like I, that. Sometimes they like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if I know name. it's coming, I guess. <laughs> but no, it's we enjoy it, you know. I I, I think the last person I did play with was Leroy Parnell, nice. and I was. I said, what do you want to play? And I said, just keep it nay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep it nay. <laughs> been it's a uh, EAB for the changes. Uh, try <laughs> try to keep up with the changes. What the fuck is how that go? Yeah, Watch me for the changes and try and keep up. <laughs> what have been some of your you favorite got, shows <laughs> that you've hosted here? What have been some of your favorites? Oh, that that is played here? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Well, you know, we always love having Chad. Yeah. I'm not just here. saying that. You know, he's been playing here a long time. Yeah, I've seen lots of great uh, shows here. You know, Billy Joe Shaver is always great. Mm -hmm. It seems, you know, like a service. I'd love to see Billy in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we got Chris Knight coming oh, back. Yeah. Oh, wow. I like, you know, I always like Chris. And, mm -hmm. um, who else? Um, we got Rock the Root coming up. Now tell us a little but, bit about that. What's Rock well, the Root for those that don't know? We have been putting on Rock the Root. This will be, I believe, our fourth year. And uh, yeah, so in the past, you know, we've had we've had some, you know, Eustonian Wade and mm -hmm. uh, Reckless and some bands like that. And uh, we're just it's a show that we help promote with the city of Yukon. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we just try to we we shut down at sixty six, mm -hmm. and it's a big party. <laughs> it's just a big party, and it's free, so you can't complain. That's right. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Right. Yeah. No combining allowed. Yeah. So. So do we have a, a lineup yet this year? We are working on it, and I cannot can tell I, you. Yeah, I can't yeah. say. But I may holler at you <laughs> shortly. Yes. And maybe, yeah. maybe uh, you could help us mm -hmm. out with that. When does that usually come out? I mean. That will be the what it, whatever the Thursday is before Labor Day. So, oh no, in September. No, yeah. yeah. It's the end of August. End of August. So it's, it's like yeah. the 28th or something. Yeah. Something like the 28th, maybe. Very cool. I need to get my dates right. That's okay. You, I was, I was <laughs> ill prepared. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back out here Stomp for that. me. <laughs> we'll come out, back out here for she that. She So has your songwriting process changed any over the years? Not really. No? I've have been, I'm trying to get to where where I actually sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write more today, and not just, because usually it's kind of a when it hits me type of thing, I'll write something down, but here lately I've been trying to, because I've been spending more and more time in Nashville the last couple of years, and I need to work on my Nashville number system, and I need to work on being able to just say, okay, we're going to get together and write today, because, I mean, you never know when you're going to, yeah. you know, you could be at a bar one minute, and then you're sitting in a room with five guys writing a song the next minute at any given time, so... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make myself to where I can, you know, they may not be good, but. That's okay. <laughs> like Bob used to say, get the bad ones out and then the good yeah. ones will show up. <laughs> you just got to keep writing. Right. As a writer and a story writer, that's <clears throat> get, all, get it all out. Eventually something's going to come out. Right. Do they usually just pop up 
just when you least expect it. For the most and part. And you can't, like, find something to write it down. Or... <laughs> well, thank, that's, thank God I got my phone. Yeah, Secret that's word is tiny. I used tiny. to carry a notebook around all the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got my phone now, thank God. What's the craziest song inspiration you've had? Song inspiration. Mm-hmm. Craziest thing that inspired a song. Oh, good lord. Name it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I got songs about drugs, women, <laughs> loss, love, suicide. Speaking of our Robin liquor stores. Yeah, our backstage <laughs> queen song. We're very backstage thankful queen. that we get to use that song. You get you. I'm glad you. I'm glad somebody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> somebody with uh, some females like it. I'm glad that females like it. <laughs> we don't necessarily the only relate, two females that but might like it. <laughs> we're not saying we're those girls. Right. We just like that song. It just right. fits our yeah. our name. You've met those girls. I've met those girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm friends with a few of them. It's all okay. Right. It's okay. Hey, so am I. I tell you, yeah, <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> it takes all kinds. It's right. But if it wasn't for those girls, I thank them because we wouldn't have the song for our podcast. That's right. <laughs> right. They, they inspire. See, it co- everything comes out good. That's well, the right. weirdest songwriting story then would be Only Girl because of me and yeah. Josh Lamy, they were at an after party after playing at J.C. Cowboys, and he was playing that guitar part over and over again. And I thought, man, that's a great song. Whose is it? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just making this shit up. And I was like, well, let's just make shit up then. So he, we worked through it like in an hour. On the back of a peak to Well, box, that's right? the thing. Like, <laughs> We did that thing drunk songwriters do it for in the morning. It's like, do we need to write this down? It's like, nah, we'll remember this shit tomorrow. That no. never happens, no. by the way. No. You know how many number one hits I've lost? Because I was like, I'll remember it tomorrow. What the hell did I say? Yeah. yeah. God, that was such a great song. Why can't I remember? How did it go? But there was this girl there that was writing it. She couldn't find a pen or anything, so she was writing the words that we were saying down on the back of a pizza box with her lipstick. And she saved our asses. That song wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that girl and her lipstick. (laughs) How many times can you say that? There you go. There you go. Yeah. So if there Hmm. was... um, anything you can say to the young musicians that are listening to the podcast advice. do you have any good advice yeah go to college and get a job <laughs> don't follow your dreams <laughs> rob a bank yeah. uh, honestly if I had it to do over again I wouldn't I would have waited a little while just because I just I did I just bought a cheap shitty guitar and a cheap shitty PA and just dove into it head first and if I had it to do all over again I would have stayed at work for a year and saved as much money as possible so I could buy a van and could buy a decent PA and could buy a good guitar and, and, and to get, have more time to actually practice and get the show ready instead of just going out and cutting your teeth and hoping for the best. Yeah, like, sometimes it's good to keep a day job for just that's a little bit. A, that, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the advice I'd give. If I, if I went back to when I moved to Stillwater, I probably would have went back to work driving a truck or something for a year and just working on songs and saving money. And I would just tell them, you know, work hard and and hang out with folks. Right. I mean, go, when you do a show, don't pack it up, go on the bus or the or the van. Mm-hmm. You go, you go hang out. At, I don't care who it is, aunt and uncles, sorority parties, fraternity parties, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Go get to know those people, build relationships. I mean, yeah, it is about the music, but also. You build some great relationships down the way, so. Well, too, right. if you don't have fans, who are you playing for? you got to know your fans, know your audience. people are paying, are paying right. to come see you and put fuel in your tank, so. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So the least you can do is take a fucking picture. <laughs> right? That's it, man. That's I'm the my, picture queen. That's it. I mean. And I have to say, Chad and his band were great at that because I didn't know anybody when I started hanging out. And I just started going to shows and they just were like, come on, hang out with us. You don't know anybody here. Meet this person, meet this yeah. person. And so I wasn't just a fan. I was just, I became a friend. And yeah. What can I say? I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> Us Okies, though. You know, his Okies are very friendly. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. And it helps. Now I have this whole music family. Yeah. It's awesome. You bet. So what's the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself this year? <laughs> That's, I don't know. That's a good question. It is a good question. It's all about reflection. I've learned that I'm very, I'm going back to being impatient. Are you? I was an impatient youth, and then when I had kids, I actually learned how to be patient. You have to. And now that I'm older, I think I'm getting more pissed off and impatient all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting thing to learn about yourself. How about you, Grady? What's the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself this year? Mm. Well, pot's legal. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> We legalized pot in Oklahoma. I never I thought I'd store, see it in my lifetime. I got a card. I could just roll in. <laughs> Oklahoma was the second to last state to legalize tattoos. I thought we would be yeah, the last state right? to fucking do marijuana. Good Lord. What am I reflecting on? I, I don't know. I guess, you know, I'm... That's a hard question. It is a hard question. Everybody has that same look on their face. But I like the questions that make you dive deep inside. Think like those are the good questions. They make you think, and so. Yeah, but I got to keep in mind my daughter might be listening to this. Yeah, you know, I think think I'm becoming. Hi, Presley. um, You know, maybe more of a family man. You know, that's that's I, I think what I'm here for. That's awesome. So I think that would probably be my answer. Very nice. So our, our question that we end, or the last question we go through before we just say, hey, tell us about your upcoming shows and how they can find you, is what is <laughs> the craziest story that has happened to you backstage that you can share on the air? Because we are backstage queens, and we like to say the best stories happen backstage, so that's our question to everybody. What's your craziest backstage story that you can share? I've always been a Keith Whitley fan ever since I was a kid. My mom and dad were mm-hmm. big fans. And the first time I played at the Arbuckle Ballroom, and I probably shouldn't be telling this. <laughs> the first time I played the Arbuckle Ballroom was when John was running it, and uh, I went backstage, and some of the guys were already back there, and John was back there. I didn't know John, but he's just kind of this big, imposing dude that just sitting on the couch. And, and uh, <clears throat> when I walked in and shut the door behind me, Keith Whitley's autograph picture—you know, all those autograph pictures that are on the wall there in the green room at Arbuckle. Keith Whitley's fell off. Oh, no. <laughs> and I looked at John, and I was joking. And I picked it up, and I said, Hey, I want you to, I just want to let you know we're probably going to be doing coke off this picture later. And he's like, Let's do it now! <laughs> so we did. <laughs> I heard that story. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So it's but true. that was the old Chad. I killed him. I don't yeah. do that anymore. That's right. That's right. Crazy backstage story that, like, to me or just mm-hmm. with the band? Either way. That either you witnessed or you participated in. Then you I have mean, to be if you witness, I mean, it's, that's on you if you tell the story. Okay. <laughs> we were doing a show in Colorado with Dirks and another guy. And uh, our lighting guy and Bert Dirks was kind of blowing up, you know. 
and so he had, it was at Red Rocks, and he had this huge back area where he would walk up, and you know, mm-hmm. do his Nashville thing, and uh, ladies love it, my boy. Sure. <laughs> and uh, he can do what he wants. Right. <laughs> and, no, he and so our lighting guy Willard and our big security guy uh, Bert, mm-hmm. they wrapped their weenie up in uh, black electrical tape. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and they walked on his holding hand, like they met up <laughs> like, from the, each side and that was all they had on. Oh like, my gosh, that's wow. amazing. See, that like, totally yeah. beats my face. So he looked, <laughs> looks around and we're just like, the crowd uh, kind of went, oh. <laughs> What's going on here? Because... Yeah, anyway, that's I don't know. That was, I have a lot, but that's yeah, time. That's I bet. Time. Yeah, that's a good one. Wow. That's a good one. Willard and <laughs> very nice. One of my favorite backstage nice. pastimes is is Kane's mm-hmm. smoking pot under, under the, the under the stage backstage. Yeah, that's I did that. I did that with Cody and Mike last time, and uh, and here comes Shannon around the corner poking her head there. It's like <laughs> they want you to do uh, I don't know what, what Carney Man or something. <laughs> And he's like, honey, I'm I'm tired and I'm high. And she goes, honey, they want you to do Carney Man. And he's like, it's like we were hanging out in the in the clubhouse, and then somebody's mom told him they had to come home. And he's like, okay, honey, gotta I'm leave the treehouse now. It's time to go. Sorry, work. guys, I can't hang out anymore. But no, that was great. It was I just thought it was funny. Change is always good for that. Yes. Yeah. Well, the history of that stage too, man. Like Elvis played on that. You know, crazy? Hank Williams played on that, mm-hmm. and the one underneath the new one. Yeah. You know, so to be crawling around under there, getting high with the ghosts of Hank Williams and yeah. Elvis Presley, I'm totally okay with that. You got high when you were under there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were passing joints. I didn't know what you guys were doing all this time. Under there. <laughs> I thought you guys were writing songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other people's kids. No, I've been on. Uh, I've had. Yeah, I've been out of there with a couple of fiddles. Yeah. Nice. And I think some people had to get helped out of there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little space. <laughs> Depends on how much you're doing in there. <laughs> I got to go backstage when I was in Nashville at the Ryman and yeah. met oh, Nick yeah. met Nick Offerman backstage. Oh, that's wow. that's cool. cool. Yeah. I was walking in, out of the bathroom and he was walking in and he, I guess he thought I'd played that night, which I hadn't. But he was like, great job tonight. And I was like, wait a minute, I know that fucking voice. Nice. <laughs> and I sit there and waited like a damn bitch boy outside the door yeah. waiting for him to come out of the bathroom. I'm like, I knew that was you. Let's do this. I can tell he's, he's had that look on his face like, oh, God, here we go. So yeah. I didn't ask him for a picture, but I just introduced myself and told him I was a big fan of his work and uh, I asked him what he was doing there and apparently his wife is in a vocal duo called like Frank and Susie or something like that. I don't know what it is. But they played the Grand Old Opry that night. <laughs> Very nice. Frank and Susie. Frank and huh? Susie. I, I, I swear, I don't know what it's called. Now. You'll have to look it up. It's Nick Offerman's wife who's the lady from uh, Oh, hell. That show, Grace. Office. Saving Grace. Saving Grace. Oh. Yeah. Very cool. Did not know that. So where can they the find you? The one with you? the squeaky voice. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where can they find you upcoming? Do you have some shows you want to plug? Uh, Gypsy Cafe is May 1st. What's your time Everybody slot? should come to that. I'm playing with 
John Cooper and Monica Taylor at 5 o'clock at Stonewall. Very nice. And I'm totally stoked that I get an early set this year because now I just get to hang out. (laughs) Man, to be honest, that's what I enjoy. I know, man. playing early. Be the opening band. Yeah. Get done early. You can hang out for the rest of the night. Give me that 7 o'clock spot. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Because then most people are there at that spot, too. That 11 o'clock spot, you don't get to go have no fun. Right. (laughs) Or you're up all night. Yeah, right. Yeah, well done. There is that. It's hard to recoup. (laughs) Yeah, no shit, right. <laughs> if you play the five o'clock slot, you can be hammered and in bed by midnight. You're the next day's a breeze. Not going to catch the headliner tonight, guys. Sorry. Well, we look forward to seeing you there. Yep, we'll be there. Yeah. So, where can people find your music? Your uh, how can they oh, look you up? iTunes, Spotify. <clears throat> we have like maybe I don't know five or six music videos on YouTube. I've taken a couple thousand. There's a, yeah, there's some video <laughs> videos of me on YouTube, courtesy of Tonya. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on Spotify and Pandora and all that stuff. And I'm on the AMI jukeboxes right now. And I'm okay. trying to get on the sound, what are they called? Touch tunes. Touch tunes. Yeah, it's a little more of a pain in the ass for some reason. And now how can they find your shows, upcoming shows? Your, do you have social media? Follow me website? on Instagram. Instagram? Um, there is a Facebook page. I don't run it. Mm-hmm. And I know I don't send them all the shit I'm supposed to, so they so don't Instagram's put stuff on there. <laughs> Instagram's better. <laughs> Instagram's the way to go. I do my own Instagram, and and you if do you a pretty if, good job too. If you want to see the the pissed off side of you know me, I, that's what I use my Twitter for. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram's for the fans. Twitter's for me. <laughs> there you gotta have something for you. What about you? What what shows do you have coming up here that we can plug for you? Oh, Grady66Pub.com mm-hmm. is the website. You got Scooter Brown coming we got next Scooter week. Brown. He'll be here tomorrow. Oh yeah, tomorrow. And then you've yeah. got uh, oh Georgia boy Aaron. Oh Adam Hood. Adam Hood. Yeah, oh, we got Adam Hood. Yeah, I like him. That's right. I, I haven't him seen him with, in a long time. I saw him play with Brandon Jenkins in Nashville when we went down there and stayed with him. That's right. But you guys keep a pretty full calendar, and they can look that up on your website, huh? Yes, you website, can. Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram more Sign up for the Snapchat at, at your own risk because that's Facebook Nathan's more. personal Facebook. stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> shit could get weird. <laughs> <clears throat> Very nice. Well, thank you, fellas, for hey, sitting down with us. Yes, appreciate it. it. Taking the time. All right, let's get a refill. Yeah. You better. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Music's playing loud. It's roar of the crowd. Like a gypsy, too alone to be proud. Is it something that she's running from, or is she standing to fight? Will she ever remember what it was that she did last night? Is she living in a nightmare, or is she chasing a dream? Is it such a privilege to be a backstage queen? Is it such a privilege to be a backstage?